Welcome everybody to Straight Shoot, a wrestling podcast. I'm one half of your host, Santi, with a brand new John Cena shirt, fresh from Monday Night Raw, baby. If you're an audio listener, just know that I'm wearing the beautiful 20th anniversary of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Cena. Uh, Steve, how are you? I was better until that. I was great until that. <laughs> well, the voice doesn't sound like it, but I was great up until that intro. See, why does your voice sound like that? Hey, Santi, I don't know. Did we? I think we went to an event. What was it? Oh, we went to one of the best Monday Night Raws of the year this past Monday. If you have not seen the review show, we just recently posted it uh, on our YouTube channel. Definitely go give it a look. Santi, like, could we have picked a better Raw to go to? Hey, I don't think so. I, I, I really don't think so either. The the combination of great matches, uh, great build up to to feuds with the likes of um, you know Riddle and uh, and Seth freaking Rollins, the great backstage segments, uh, the the guess who. By the way, I have a guess on who the second mass person is in the whole Dexter Loomis saga. Um, so the, the, we're we're gonna get into that. Um, but you know what? Before before raw started you know we were actually talking about like could this be a raw that we have a a a big person debut and you said what about johnny gargano and i said you know what if they're going to debut someone they should do it in front of a hot toronto crowd because they're gonna get a pop they could have brought back d'lo brown and i would have gotten off my seat it didn't (laughs) matter because the toronto crowd baby it was hot and the toronto crowd delivered from minute one all the way up to hour three what a wonderful experience um you know we met a couple people that watched the podcast there which that was cool as well so thank you very much but today steve we are going to be talking about several things we're really going to be talking about you know kind of perhaps a state of the wwe a state of AEW, and we're going to make the bold statement right off the bat here at the very top of this podcast because this will intrigue you to keep listening for the rest of the hour the wwe is number one again baby in every regard the wwe is back on top and we're going to be talking about the amazing things that wwe has been doing over the last couple of weeks to get to that top position and the shenanigans that have been going on in AEW and what's caused it to be bumped down a few slots i'm taking this i'm going to take this off the top santi i'm going to say it right now the AEW is just the minor leagues trying to play with the big boys and that it, that's hard to say considering the talent but i am going to cut this argument down right now and say there is no separating AEW and wwe anymore if you want to watch a premium product if you want to watch pro wrestling you're watching wwe because you are getting pro wrestling matches again on wwe this is no longer just sports entertainment you're getting it all santi for the first time in our collective lives I think we saw Edge perform his first ever Canadian Destroyer at Monday Night Raw. The talent is upping their game. AEW is in trouble. You can't say, oh, I watch AEW for pro wrestling. I watch AEW for or WWE for sports. Fuck off with that shit. I'm done with that argument. That is no longer a conversation starter or an argument to protect AEW. AEW is in a lot of trouble, and Tony Khan needs to pick up his socks because 
Hunter is wiping the floor with him right now. What we saw when it comes to Raw in the in the in the Scotiabank Arena and the last two and a half weeks of SmackDown and Raws across everything that Triple H has touched, it is gold. The talent has upped it. We're getting new, fresh matches. Hell, I even enjoyed Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander. I never thought I would say that because they were booked right in a quality match. This is no longer a competition. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that, there's a lot to digest there. Um, yeah, so... What, one of the things that WWE, uh, excuse me, that AEW had um, over the WWE was that 18 to 34 demographic thinking that, you know what, WWE is just no longer the cool product that I want to watch. I want to go watch AEW. And for the better part of a year and a half, um, you know, AEW was doing a fantastic job at retaining that crowd. Of course, yeah, the numbers and viewership of WWE were always going to be higher. That was never a debate. The debate was that the AEW product was better. Better. And even though it was doing less numbers um, and, you know, making less money, if we want to get into the business side of things, uh, it still had that aura of like, yeah, but like this is the cool side, right? This is the cool table at the cafeteria and it's losing that allure. Um, and it's not just a combination of Triple H doing such amazing work um, to to revitalize uh, some uh, an essence of freshness and coolness back into the WWE. It's AEW shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, and, and let's talk about this really quick because we always film these on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. right after Dynamite. There's not much that I want to talk about when it comes to Dynamite and, A and AEW as a whole, but we need to talk about something glaring and awful that has recently happened, and that is the pathetic squash match of CM Punk versus versus John Moxie, a match that was supposed to happen in Chicago in front of a rowdy crowd. It was supposed to be the match that you needed to tune into, and it turned into a petty squash because Tony Khan hired a guy with a head way too big for his talent and went into business for himself and buried the AEW locker room, buried talent like uh, Adam Page and went into business for himself. That shit happened in WCW. That is WCW to a T. Granted, if anything, and we're recording this before reports of everything and, and, the, and the stories have like been properly cleared. But if it is, you know, punishment on punk for being a piece of shit, I kind of want to commend Tony Khan for doing that. I kind of want to commend him for doing that because in the old days, WCW, that would have that would have been a parasite that would have continued and continued to grow. That being said, those are growing pains of a growing company, but these are growing pains that should not be happening in year two. And these are growing pains that were caused by the absolutely ridiculous exponential growth that Tony Khan put into the company by bringing in so much talent right off the bat and just not having the TV time, TV deals to be able to give these guys 
the limelight and the spot that they were likely promised when they were backstage and catering, watching AEW, seeing everybody have fun and enjoying their time back in professional wrestling, only to everyone join the, uh, the promotion all at the same time and are now in a giant log jam and pissing contest over who is the top star, who gets TV time. It's sad, really. Listen, Santi, you've said a lot there. And first off, I'm never going to say that we don't have the right to jump the gun. Listen, man, we have been calling booking since we've started this. And what you have just said, I think, is one of the clearest depictions of what the reports from PW Insider, Sean Ross Sapp, and Schmelzer are going to come out as CM Punk doing things for CM Punk. There could be, you know, Tony Khan jumped the gun knowing Punk was not ready, but he panicked with a couple of the returns that WWE was doing, and he brought Punk back too early to set up the feud at All Out, thinking Punk could be ready. Listen, we watched last last week's promo between Mox and um, Mox and Punk, and even the announced team was like. They're firing live rounds. Get out here. And it was one of those ones where you're like, they are actually firing live rounds. These men are punching each other in the face. That was an almost too real segment for it to be comfortable. Yes, it was entertaining, but was it comfortable to watch? It was like airing your dirty laundry in front of 14,000 people. And it was just not business or sports entertainment it was two guys having a locker room feud in the middle of a ring on live television i am not going to say punk was wrong and i'm definitely not going to say mox was wrong it was wrong to put that the way put that out there the way they did punk is a we were all happy to see and punk there was a uh, to see cm punk there was an anniversary there was a nice little honeymoon t- spot where he was back squashing young talent that kind of thing You said something there. Would you ever have thought in your life you would say CM Punk got squashed in a world title match in under five minutes? We have made TikToks longer than five minutes, Santi. CM Punk, the great CM Punk got squashed in five minutes and his attitude makes him deserve it and i'm gonna say this we said it first before bully ray says it tomorrow because i guarantee on uh on his podcast he's gonna say the same goddamn thing cm punk deserves what he got tonight injured or not he's an asshole he's been acting like a child he needs to go home sit in the corner think about what he did and AEW needs to move past it, put Punk and Adam Page it all out and have a banger of a match because Adam Page deserves better and Punk has carried this company all fucking summer. Moxley. Sorry, yes, Moxley Moxley. has been. Yeah, that was that was a good promo until you fucking fumbled in the end zone there, bud. Anyways, (laughs) uh, 
<laughs> it, it, it's true though, right? And and you know, I these are the types of growing pains that you expect a company to have in year six, year seven, um, when 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 their talent pool begins to grow. But you know, they, this is a common business thing. If you put too much into expanding and growing in one particular area of your of your business, and while not expanding the other, which is TV deals and TV time, you're going to eventually implode. As a weird business case that I'm going to bring up, anybody that's a Canadian that recalls Target trying to open in Canada, rather than opening up slow and taking several years, these fuckers opened 250 stores in less than one year, and they imploded and didn't last more than, than three years in Canada, making it a $6 billion loss. It is a case study that is learned in business schools all over the world, and AEW is doing a smaller scale version of this where they just went to too crazy with hiring unfortunately and now they're seeing the ramifications of it with talent that is just the egos are, are the egos are too big to fit in the room right now that's the situation that we're dealing with there's another big rumor happening right now santi and i don't know if you've seen it but wwe is in hot conversation with netflix right now to have smackdown and raw taken to netflix now it could just be a 50% rumor, but these conversations have been coming from PW Insider and some of the more credible reporting networks that we get from our dirt sheets. But here's the thing. If Tony Khan cannot find a way to make AEW more interesting, it's not that he's going to lose TBS and TNT. He's not going to be able to get Fox or USA if WWE make their move and Netflix is going to start pumping out so much more content and draw so much more traffic, this could be that upper echelon move that WWE will just blow it all out of the water. Netflix is a lot bigger than what people assume. Yes, they're made. Look at the budget movies they did for The Irishman, a hundred million dollar movie for a three hour no disrespect it was a good movie but snorefest but you put a hundred million dollars into one movie you're pulling out bank right now and you can take wwe and make them a ton of money and make them in everyone's phone tv everything so this could be a very scary time for AEW across the board talent business-wide everything this is a scary time for AEW because we from what we how we started this is wwe is superior and it's not even like a close conversation it is a landslide it is an avalanche of superiority by wwe right now yeah and then and, and let's talk a little bit about some of the the things that wwe has been doing uh so if you go back to our uh video where we predicted all of the superstars that we thought would come back under triple h we're like six for six at this point uh so they brought back carrion cross johnny gargano scarlet bordeaux uh dexter loomis which i had to fight to get dexter loomis on that list but i'm glad that you let me put him on you you fought me, me on i it. i said dexter loomis you fought me oh my buddy i have the recording of everything Please. and i will Dude. publish it for the world i'm Ow. the one that said dexter loomis all right i'm the one that said dexter loomis anyways i digress my exact words my exact words i will continue this argument quickly my exact words were santi i think you're gonna push on this 
I think Dexter Loomis comes back. Go back and watch the recording. Oh, that's great. I love that you're making up things that don't exist. That's fantastic. Okay. Moving on, because I said Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis is back in... in yeah, it, Talent aside, because of course we uh, it, that's we've beaten that drum with uh, with the likes of Hit Row coming back. Which, by the way, I don't know how we didn't uh, guess Hit Row. Um, but the talent is back. The talent pool is there. Never mind the fact that the talent pool was already great in the WWE. It was just bad booking and bad writing and bad business decisions by the likes of Vince McMahon and in the really the stable of bullies that he had in the back with him um and all, as CM Punk says corporate yes men uh that were just allowing Vince McMahon to run rampant and allow him to book talent into oblivion and make shitty decisions like calling Piper Nevin dewdrop okay um so let's talk about the 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 reasons why we think WWE is back on top, because yes, we've torn down AEW. Now let's talk about how, what WWE has been doing in order to rise up. The talent has returned. The, there's a major changing of the guard in the back. They just got rid of Jeff Jarrett and they put back in Road Dog. Uh, Shawn Michaels is now a significant driving force across all of NXT, NXT Europe, and talent in general. It's tough to even say that he's just an NXT guy, considering he's the reason Johnny Gargano's in the main roster. We have Stephanie McMahon as the CEO. We have to uh, uh, Khan in, the, in that co-CEO position, still pulling the strings as the financial genius, making deals left, right, and center. And of course, we've got Hunter as the as really the spearhead of this change changing of the guard within the WWE. Not only have we had a change of talent a change of uh of changing in the guard in the back but it's raw is just filmed and booked better from everything like from matches they're just being filmed better backstage segments that i actually give a shit about yep. story like here's my favorite one steve storylines that acknowledge the past something yes. vince mcmahon refuses to do what happened when when johnny gargano came out there hey guys i'm johnny gargano kind of a big deal in nxt nxt champion three-time north american champion and i won the tag team championship in this very building vince mcmahon would say never never acknowledge the past steve i don't know if you watch nxt but dexter loomis was on nxt and he rekindled the storyline of his marriage so yep. now in, in, in this sounds simple this sounds very simple but what it is is the new regime of WWE acknowledges that the fans aren't stupid, that we can remember beyond one week. We can remember that Nakamura was a badass in NXT. So let's put him right back in that position and have him have a slobber knocker of a match with Walter. They can, they can acknowledge that fans remember Karrion Cross being a badass with Scarlett. Yep. Vince didn't want didn't want that. So, hey, even though he's been gone for a year, it's as if he was never gone because we're going to acknowledge all of the amazing things Karrion Cross did in the past with uh, with NXT. And we're even going to bring back his gimmick of the TikTok. I love this. I love that WWE is acknowledging past storylines. They're putting time and effort into backstage segments and they aren't spoiling things in the Vince McMahon era. That Johnny Gargano announcement would have been would have been a fucking tweet tune hey, in this, for johnny gargano this, tonight 
at this point, I'm pretty sure the people that were leaking it were the corporate yes men like John Laurinaitis and freaking uh, what's his name? Pritchard. Was, Pritchard, Bruce Pritchard. Here, listen, Santi, there's three points I want to make on, on everything that you said. First off, you ever believe growing up the degeneration X was going to be running the company? Dude, <laughs> like, yeah, actually <laughs> yeah. running the company. <laughs> yeah, just bring back Billy Gunn and oh my God, it's going to be so bad. No, um, it's it's to a point that the people that you just mentioned, you can understand what they were learning in the back in the 90s, not just being the, you know, the talent, the degenerates. They were actually sitting, paying attention, watching, learning, and realizing that the world's going to change and we have to change with it to keep our product fresh. And fans are smarter than They've moved with the internet. I think that's the one thing they're doing is they're making it very entertaining because some of the segments that you're seeing on Twitter, Instagram, and they're utilizing our content too. Like, look what we, look what happened with us on Monday Night Raw. Like we were the thumbnail for Johnny's return. And it's one of those ones that you didn't, you don't see if you scroll past, you don't see fan stuff. It's all the same cookie cutter shit that Vince wanted on the social media side of things. The second point I wanted to make is what you said about NXT and referring to NXT. NXT, the main roster of Raw and SmackDown is virtually all NXT driven people from 10 years ago. It's hard to say that NXT has been around that long. Like, damn. It's been 10 years of NXT. You've got Rollins and KO and Roman and all these guys who were so top down there now running the show. And now you've got that second and third and fourth generation coming in. And I'm telling you right now, next to Roman, Dexter Loomis is the hottest thing on the main roster right now. The man's not said one goddamn word. And all you want to wait for is when's Dexter going to pop up? How are they going to involve him in the match? Like you and I were losing our minds looking down at this guy dressed as a, like a SWAT agent and we missed him walk past us. Yes, for, was... for a quick context for, for audio listeners, uh, where we were sitting, we saw a guy in full biker gear, a full biker helmet that was being hidden away from the cameras, and we were calling it that that was Dexter Loomis, that was Dexter Loomis, only for them to then swerve us. That guy turns out to not be Dexter Loomis, and Dexter Loomis was behind us the whole time, and we didn't yeah. even see him pop up. And when I say behind, when he says behind us, we're talking four feet behind us. He entered four feet behind us and walked down and yanked Miz out. So my point being is Dexter is literally the hottest thing. He's working both shows. You're waiting for him to rekindle uh, the Indy Hartwell thing. You want Index back because Index was hot. NXT loved it. The main roster loved it. Hell, I think this is a, a slow play to an Indy call-up. Yeah, and, and let me point something out. Uh, again, I just want to put uh, plain as day the dichotomy, the difference between what would have happened in the Vince McMahon era and what's happening now. The Dexter Loomis... The, if Vince was in charge of bringing up Dexter Loomis, we would have Veer 2.0, right? The Veer is coming. The Veer vignettes. Veer is coming. Where is Veer? And to... Vince thinks that that somehow creates hype. It doesn't. It's showing me a vignette and a picture of Veer 
does not create excitement in any way, shape, or form. Dexter Loomis in the ring isn't all that impressive, but I care because they are booking him right. His, where is he gonna pop out from? Who is he going to attack? What are his motivations? These are things that make you care about new talent appearing in the ring. Telling me that Veer is coming for eight months does not do that. And then throwing Veer into a random squash match doesn't make me get invested in Veer. This, the way they're doing Dexter Loomis, is not way, something you would ever see Vince McMahon do. The way they're booking everyone, though, it's not, it's not just Dexter. It's the way they're booking unused talent, throwing Karrion Cross indirectly right into the world title uh world title storyline but indirectly keeping him out of there he's calling out roman but he's also after drew so they're booking stories left right it's almost like a, a police bulletin board linking the strings to everything that's going on and the mad scientist in the back is Triple H and and Shawn Michaels going, yeah, so we can put him over here, but let's put him down here as well because we can then circle it back around and slow play it. And the thing we have been screaming for four months, virtually since we started Straight Shoot, the two things were slow play it and do more backstage segments, long-term st long storytelling and backstage segments. And we're getting both and they are the best. And I'm interested. I, I make sure my kid is in bed. I get my popcorn, I crack my beer and I am sitting in front of my TV as the raw intro hits because I care. I don't skip through like you said on YouTube and watch the reviews anymore because I don't want to miss a thing anymore. I'm solely invested in WWE. It is, it makes me feel like I'm in high school again, being that kid, mom, dad, leave me alone. Nobody call me bet between eight and 10 because it was two hours back then. Don't call me between eight or sorry, nine and, nine 11. and 11. Yeah. Nine and 11. Don't call me between nine and 11 because God damn, I am not picking up the phone. Yeah. And I, I ignore my phone unless it's wrestle talk talking to us saying, holy shit. Did you see what just happened? Yeah. It, and that's a great point too, Steve, over the past, since SummerSlam, I've watched every episode of raw and every episode of SmackDown before SummerSlam. I didn't watch shit. Nope. I didn't watch shit. I watched the the youtube clips because i knew that that was more than enough for me to get the the, the bullet points of what i needed but now like you said like i care i want to know when is dexter loomis going to show up when is ronda rousey going to jump the barricade and stir some shit up what, what are they doing with the with the, with the mid card titles this uh, this week what are they doing with the women's titles this week all of these things that before were irrelevant are now top of mind and i just mentioned another one of them that we should talk about the mid card titles bobby lashley got a giant pop on monday night raw as the united states champion Walter is is this demigod almost yeah. where like you feel like he's like final boss material nowadays yeah. where they're having to throw the likes of Sheamus a future Hall of Famer multi-time world champion Royal Rumble winner money in the bank winner at him and 
I don't see him beating Walter. It's crazy. Like, they're doing such a great job of building mid-card champions to feel like the workhorses and the guys that are that you got to respect and they have a mystique about them when before it was just merchandise that you could sell. I mentioned actually in our raw review, how big the pop was for that tag match for all four guys. Everybody. Champa, Miz, Lashley, obviously AJ Styles always gets a massive pop just because wrestling fans respect AJ to no end. Go back three months. Bobby was getting stale, so stale. And now it's just like, I want to see Bobby. I don't even like Miz, but I want to see Miz. I don't like how Champa's being booked, but Champa is relevant. He is so relevant with Miz. And now there is so much more opportunity for Champa, first off, being a Triple H guy, secondly, being in that mid card race. And obviously, AJ's just going to come out and put on a four and a half, five star match at all times. So the mid card makes sense. Walter, Walter doesn't have to say anything. He comes and performs and slaps meat, like you like to say. And you and I, I think, are both in agreement that coming into Clash of the Castle, Seamus and Walter is the match we are both currently most looking forward to. Granted, the world title is going to be what it is. But we don't actually know what it is yet because we don't know if it's going to be a triple threat just yet. We've got two SmackDowns t- till then. But what I'm saying is, Sheamus, the Intercontinental title, first off, being represented on a premium live event for the first time in months and being Sheamus, an Intercontinental wrestler, Walter, an Intercontinental wrestler, in an intercontinental pay-per-view. Oh my God. And both being world-class performers that were overlooked horribly by the old guard. This means something. Like I need wrestling fans to understand how much this match means to the IC title and to what they're doing right in WWE. Lashley's going to have a big match for the US title somewhere on the card and Santi, i want to draw one more point before you take over i'm actually invested in nxt again last night honestly we saw the braun breaker um i don't know the name of the tyler bait uk tyler bait it I don't should know have been Ilya dragunov that too bad he got injured that would have been awesome fair enough i don't know tyler bait i've never really watched him i need to go back and you're watch in for him a treat exactly but what happened in the women's um promo last night made me lose my mind with the nxt women's champion coming over and confronting uh mandy rose and blair davenport and she is the final boss like her gimmick is she's the final boss you can't beat me and Mandy has been the final boss in NXT. This is quality, quality booking and storytelling. And I care about NXT. So my week is full of wrestling now. And I'm okay with it. I'm okay with sitting down and watching quality content. And it's just with Europe coming up next year, 
what are we about to get? You know, like you just sit there and you just are the is NXT US and Europe going to have intercontinental pay per views? There is so much that yeah. this could be a two hour conversation, my dude. Seriously. Let me pivot into another area that I think uh, we need to highlight in terms of WWE's massive leap forward. Um, and I want to talk about production for a second, because a lot of people thought production was going to be the area where people where, where WWE was going to take a hit because you had Vince on the on the mic telling everybody what to say. So there was a little bit of uncertainty. But what this has led to it's led to less scripted promos. If there is a script, it feels like it's bullet points that, and, and, and they're just told, fill the, fill the blanks in between. Just make sure you hit this, this, and this He's marks and, yeah. and just do it in whatever flavor it is that you want to do it. Allowing the superstars, nay, not just the superstars, the commentators, because the commentary team just feel so they feel loose they feel like they're having fun and 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 it doesn't feel forced you listen for you listen to promos from guys that used to have very stoic lame promos finn balor had really roman reigns roman Dolph Ziggler, I give a shit about Dolph Ziggler and it's all the promos that they're allowing him to do. Ronda Rousey is is, is being given this liberty. Kevin she's Owens. UFC. Yeah. She's UFC Ronda Rousey. Kevin Owens has always been the one that Vince trusted on the mic, but now he's grittier. Yeah. He's NXT Kevin Owens. I just want to jump on one point before you keep going that way. The person I have been most impressed with because I absolutely despise them, is Byron Saxton. He is a new commentator. If you have not watched Raw since we were there, go back and just listen to Corey and Byron going back and forth. It's not Byron getting shit on anymore. It's Byron firing back. And it's so good. I, I care about listening to everything. Please yeah. continue. Well, I was going to say, like, I can add on to that because, um, you know, the the dynamic of the commentary team has always been the straight guy and then the color commentator, right? When I say the straight guy, I want to clarify not sexuality. The straight guy means the one who is, talk is talking about what's happening in the moment, um, play by play, more or less. Um, so you've got the straight guy, color commentator. The straight guy has always, you can tell. You can tell that the straight guy is always the one who has Vince in his ear and they always just feel handcuffed and shackled while the color guy has always been given a little bit more leeway. And that's probably why you get that feeling of Byron's just getting bullied because he's not allowed to fire back because he has Vince in the in his head. Now, Michael Cole seems to be having the time of his life with Pat McAfee. The trio in, 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 in Raw are a fantastic commentary team. It's almost giving me vibes of, of when we had JR, the coach, and, and, and Jerry the King Lawler all three together. It, like Production has taken a step forward. Promos yeah. have taken a step forward. Yep. The... I, something subtle, Steve, something subtle that I want to point out on Monday Night Raw. Remember when the show started, the vignette uh, hit for Monday Night Raw, then they did pyro. And, yep. and then you think, okay, the show's starting, but then it was small pyro, and then we see Riddle and Rollins fighting. And then the show's- like they, in, they almost interrupted 
the intro to yeah. the show and, because uh, it scared the shit out of me in Toronto because, oh, okay, the pyro went off. I didn't recognize this, but you saying this now makes sense. Yeah. The intro was interrupted. And then we're just like, okay, Seth and Riddle disappeared. And then it went lights out. And then fireworks. The went full off. Like, pyro. The fuck? Yeah. Dude, that is subtle. It's subtle. But it, yeah. it it's like, oh, shit. The things that are happening in this building are like matter they impact things these yes it makes sense that these guys interrupting the middle of the pyro in the vignette with a fight is going to pause the pyro in the vignette but it, it's these subtle things that ah, it, it's it's that extra you know the chef's kiss right the little yep. truffle on the top the little shavings of gold it's these extra things that aren't needed but go such a long way to make the fans again feel like they're watching a product that isn't catered to the lowest common denominator. Yep, the decoy run-in, the hand during the car crash, the the hand in the doorway, the burning fire, uh, the burning uh, garbage can that we've seen. All these little subtle things is just small-term storytelling that's going so far and keeping the fans invested. You know, and like look at look at when we were there the other night like we knew this was going to be the segment that dexter was going to come out and the swerve with having three guys dressed in military like riot gear and it's just like what you you we haven't seen that yeah steve since the 90s real quick remember um um so on tv all right, this is this is going to be the Santi exclusive, okay? Because I've been I, I've been like that meme from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia connecting the dots. All right, on TV, the guy wearing the bike helmet, we never saw him. We never saw his face. No, I think his helmet fell off on his two. way up. Okay, there was two. Okay, his helmet. One of them. I think his helmet fell off because I said to Steve. Pretty sure that was a brown guy. Remember when I told you this? Yeah, 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 yeah. And now that I'm looking back, and this might be a Mandela effect where I'm just envisioning somebody, I think that was Santos Escobar. I think that was Santos Escobar from NXT. And nobody caught it? It wasn't on T it wasn't on TV. Yeah, but with all the cameras, like it would have been Hey, I'm not saying you're I wrong, think it Steve. was Santos Escobar. Now, does he have anything to do with Dexter Loomis? Because hold on one sec. Remember, Dexter has not just been terrorizing Miz. He's been terrorizing, well, he's been terrorizing Theory, right? So it's always been a run-in with someone mid-card. We do need to stock uh, the tag division on both shows. Could it be, like, does Tex Dexter have a relationship there or no? I don't know. I'm just saying that's my Santi exclusive. If it ends up being Santos Escobar, play this shit back. And I need you to play it back because Steve is just going to take credit for it. Anyway. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. All right. So WWE is awesome again. I want to watch WWE again. I want to yep. talk about WWE again. These are all of the things that we're missing. 
Yeah. They, they were just missing pieces and they've always had the Lego pieces. They just didn't have the instruction manual and the right person to actually put them together. Instead, we had a kid throwing a tantrum, throwing all the pieces. I don't like this piece anymore. And then throws it. Yeah, you know what? I did kind of like this piece. Bring it back. No, I just kidding. Make me money. That was the Vince McMahon era. Just shit that felt this dysfunctional and disjointed. And I don't want to take away from Vince for, but it's, it's, it's a fact that it's felt disjointed since the pandemic. It hasn't felt cohesive in any way, shape or form. And the cohesiveness and the acknowledgement that the audience isn't stupid has propelled WWE to heights that I don't think have been seen since early ruthless aggression days. I think that was really the last time when people thought the WWE was cool, right? Yeah. And that it was, it, it's still probably this niche thing, but like there is buzz. There is absolute buzz about this. We were, tell me, tell them uh, the story about the sports bar and takers music hitting. Oh, are you talking about like real sports bar? Yeah. When we were there? Yeah. So WWE is having this effect, not even just in the arena. They're having it with fans. Okay. So I, Santi and I walked in to real sports bar in Toronto, massive sports bar. If you've never seen it. And we walked in wrestling fans everywhere and WWE music is playing. But the thing that happened, everyone's so on the edge of their seats with everything that's going on. When real sports bar started the playlist, they started with takers music and everyone popped and apparently got their cell phones out and started filming thinking taker was coming into the bar. People are so excited for everything that is just wrapped around WWE right now. Hey, Santi, think about this for a sec. Clash is coming up. We could even have a clash or a, a segment in Cardiff Castle, a fucking 800, 900, 2000 year old castle in Wales, which is right next to Principality Stadium. We could have a segment there. We could have someone end up in the ocean like Rock and Austin throwing the titles away and that kind of those kind of segments. We have the right guys in play and it's just everyone. Is doing so much that is just out of the norm for what we are so used to that you nothing is at, like nothing is untouchable so, I, that's i think that go no i was just gonna say you know we've been talking a lot about the positives of, of wwe but maybe let's talk about some of the potential negative side effects because there are guys that were vince mcmahon projects that are now clearly being pushed to the side right yep. um whether they're people backstage you know, as we've been seeing the cleaning of house of, uh, of the Vince McMahon era, but also in ring talent. Haven't seen Omos in a very long time. We haven't seen Dominic in a while, even though I'm pretty sure he's going to have a match at, at Clash in the Castle, but he's a lot less prominent. We haven't seen the likes of Veer. There's a and 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 people, by the way, uh, people are very incorrect calling Austin Theory a Vince McMahon guy. Austin Theory started out as a Triple H guy. He was personally brought over from Evolve by Triple H and built in NXT by Triple H. And I just want to clarify: a lot of people think that that's a Vince McMahon project. It might have been. It might. It, you know, it might have turned into that. But Theory has a place in the in the Hunter era. 
But yeah. do you see any other potential negative side effects with um, with when, Vince when McMahon being gone? Yeah, talent. Yeah, when it comes to talent, Los Lotharios are two guys that I really think um, are going to struggle because they weren't very prominent with Vince. And he tried with the whole Rico Suave thing like they did with Fandango. They kind of gave them like some Eddie vibes. Um, I think they're in a lot of trouble. The real... This is the one thing WWE is going to have a problem with when they come to the end of the next cycle is when Mania is over, we are going to see the new releases. And then everyone's going to be like, oh, they're releasing such good talent, such good talent, and we're back at square one, blah, blah, blah. Budget cuts, budget cuts. Listen, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't have the guys that were already on the talent roster that aren't are just sitting and catering, doing nothing, like the likes of Omos and these guys that really aren't even over with the fans in the first place, but you know, the fans are fickle and they're going to turn around and be like, well, WWE is the same product. It's a better product, but they're still doing the same shit backstage. Listen, it's a business at the end of the day. And I'll tell you right now, Santi, you're the business guy. And I'm surprised you didn't bring this up yet. I'm looking at when WWE looks at his financials at the end of the next quarter and sees how the spike has gone way up and what they do next right i know we're talking about the negatives but that's one thing i i thought you were going to bring up and hit at but talents certain talent that they're bringing in i love but i am also very nervous that they still go with the older talent that really doesn't need to be there i said this to you on the drive uh to toronto i said listen like trish is going to be there I get it. It's the hometown girl, but the rumors are that she's potentially signed a short-term contract where she's going to have a match or two. We also saw Beth Phoenix. I'm pretty sure they're going to book this as a triple threat against Judgment Day at Clash. Does Beth Phoenix really need to be there? No. We also have the return of Kurt Angle coming this Monday in Pittsburgh. Granted, hometown guy, but are we going to keep seeing this and maybe like one last match of this one last match of that? Like that's the stuff that I feel is now stale. We've lost the attitude era forever. Now, basically everyone is gone. We don't need to see these people anymore. We need to see maybe a rock return. I can't believe I'm saying this, but a Cena return for his last match. But like, and that pained me that actually hurt. Um, uh, Keep it within the last 15 years. We don't need to go all the way back. You know, that's the, that's the stuff I don't want to see. The talent you have is good enough to fill those gaps. We don't need that anymore. So that's where I'm worried is those two things. The talent that really wasn't over with the crowd, we're going to see a lot of releases come WrestleMania. And also like the, the short-term contracts. I don't want to see that. Yeah, I think like I'm hoping that one of the the potential positive side I was hoping that one of the positive side effects was actually the end of these um short-term appearances and in two match deals like the the I mean it's not that I don't want to see Brock Lesnar cuz Brock Lesnar is fucking awesome um but like I'm thinking more along the lines of Goldberg 
right? Like I don't want to see some guy on a on a three match deal that's going to get this push to the moon that is not making appearances on Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown that I basically get for a go home episode of 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 either Raw or SmackDown and then uh, a, a subpar match at whatever premium live event it is. That's one of the things that I'm hoping they do away with. It's I'm hoping that that is the case, but they are doing this hometown appearance that hopefully doesn't develop into anything more than that um but like listen like if if this is what we're complaining about we're nitpicking uh we are absolutely nitpicking like there isn't much for us to fret about at the moment um you you know like the stock is high with wwe figurative and literally um yeah. like i want to watch the product everybody wants to watch the product and here's the thing like you know we're talking you know we're talking about um potential giant deals like the likes of netflix disney whatever it may be maybe more money from peacock saudi arabia whatever it may be like they want to get in on this right the yeah. wwe is hot and they have a shark in con who gets these deals left right and center so yeah don't be surprised if the wwe is wrangling in three four billion dollar deals with giant organizations over the next couple years and these are not things that you're gonna see aew do and here's the thing like no nobody should expect them to but they have the talent to be to justify be getting these deals, but they're not going to because they just don't have they they grew too much and too fast in that department to and didn't exponentially grow the other parts of their business the way that they should have um so aw even though they have all this amazing talent they're bottlenecked on the business side of things they're absolutely bottlenecked the wwe was actually the complete opposite they were bottlenecked because of poor writing and creative being bottlenecked by finances and deals and whatnot that's a that's a hand around your throat that you can't really do anything about yeah being bottlenecked by poor writing and poor creative you can literally change that overnight and that is what they did and now that they have this giant conglomerate this giant machine that is the wwe that is constantly pushing forward and you couple that with good television the WWE is going to be a, become a fucking monster. And abs- you thought they were a monster. Now, give them two years with again the, the 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 redirection of the product being something that you want to watch. Plus, of course, the the driving machine that is the WWE. Plus, Khan at the top wheeling and dealing and getting deals left right and center the wwe is going to be a fucking behemoth an absolute fucking behemoth you you've covered virtually everything i was going to say all i'll say is i'll reiterate this if you are a wwe fan and i want to talk to the fans right now if you are a wwe fan if you are a wrestling fan a professional wrestling fan and you don't like this I think you really need to go and revisit or start watching something else because this is the future. This is what is quality. And anyone who said, oh, WWE could never be the Attitude Era again. Listen, we don't need the Attitude Era again. I will swallow my words with these people in charge from Tony Khan, uh, not Tony Khan, Nick Khan, all the way down to Triple H, Hunter, and the producers. With all the people that they have in place, we can have something 
better than the Attitude Era because everything they're doing is Attitude Era-esque in the new world. And I am just along for the ride. I am a fan run. We are a fan run wrestling podcast that we are going to up our games because WWE is doing it. So we got to do it. And the content is going to be very similar. That's all I want to say. So be prepared for WWE and pro wrestling to become in the media again. Because just remember, remember when it was good, Santi, and it was running wild across all media outlets, news platforms, and we and it's about attention. I will say a certain someone uh, on social media said, we are in the attention world. If you can draw people's attention, you are making money. And WWE is drawing everybody's attention right now. Yeah. Everyone. And, and I'll add this. Look at it, this might sound like I think this whole podcast might sound like we're pompous WWE fans that we're bragging about how great the WWE product. Steve, you're shaking your head no, and I'm shaking my head yes. You know why I'm being pompous and, and pumping WWE's tires? Because I dealt with eight years of shit, okay? I dealt with eight years of dog shit, and I stuck with it from through thick and thin all right through the zombie match where they ate the miz all right through the swamp match through the shitty matches of the pandemic i stuck through it all and i'm finally getting my the 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 pied piper has finally come to 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 play the fucking flute whatever the saying is we have been in the doldrums and now we are not anymore and i am bragging about it i love to brag that i'm a wwe fan an aew fan and i look i like aew don't get me wrong but i'm a wwe fan first i really genuinely am and i'm not afraid to admit that and i'm now especially not afraid to admit that now the wwe is actually good but they're one of the biggest criticism from AEW fans about the WWE is that WWE did not care about writing and did not care about the in-ring product. You have to eat your words now. If you if that is what you are into, you can't just watch AEW just anymore. You have to come back to the WWE and give this new product a chance because it's fucking good. It's good again. There's one thing one before we wrap this up, Santi, there's one thing I want to say. You and I have been to two events this year. Granted, one was a house show and one was Monday Night Raw. But just the atmosphere walking into the buildings, the fans were different at Raw. That's the one thing I want to say. And I don't know if you felt it. I did. Granted, we were a little a little worse for wear going into Kitchener, but Going into Kitchener, yes, it's a house show, but we still had some great matches, great talent. Hell, we had the Usos versus the Alpha Academy versus the Street Profits. Like, that was a great match. But the fans didn't seem as invested. And then when you we got into Toronto, and while we were walking to the stadium, we just saw it was like proud wrestling fans displaying their signs, displaying their gear, walking into the bar and everyone just like you heard every table almost talking about a certain segment that they were looking forward to. Fans are here and they're ready. And it's so the vibe is back and it feels so good. And it's, it's funny. Like I was talking to a couple of my friends who aren't wrestling fans and they're like, dude, like, did you see what happened? I'm like, you don't even watch wrestling. And they're like, you have gotten us back into it because 
it is quality. So, and I, you started at the start of the show. I want to finish it. Thank you to everyone that we met. Thank you to everyone that kind of shouted us out, tweeted us, sent us Instagram messages, all that kind of stuff. You guys actually, I think, made my week for sure. I won't speak for Santi, but seeing all those notifications and kind of the hard work that Santi and I have been putting in for like the last eight months, like it made our day seeing all of you send us those messages and we get them all. And I just want to say one last thing. If WWE didn't know who we are, they certainly know who the hell we are now. So yeah, I, go, go look at the comments section of the, of the post with us. There, there's, <laughs> there's more comments about us and our TikTok and the, 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 in references to our show than there is to Johnny Gargano being back. It's actually kind of funny. Um, anyway, Steve, where can people find you? Guys, I'm not even going to plug my social media right now. All I'm going to say is, again, thank you. And for those of you who watch the show and who are going to be at Clash at the Castle, I cannot wait to meet you. Feel free to hit me up on Straight Shoots social media. Send us a DM. Send me a DM on Instagram. I will let you guys know where a bunch of the wrestle talkers are going to be. And I'm just going to plug that for now. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be on the show next week. Santi might have a special guest because I will be in uh, transit. Um, so um, I can't wait to see everyone at clash at the castle um, and just hit me up. It'll be great. Santi, what about you? Well, I'm less humble. I am going to plug my social medias. Twitch.tv slash Santi's app. The links will be down in the description below, folks. Uh, make sure, double check if you have a Twitch Prime and give it to me because it's free. If you don't give it to me, you're just letting it go to waste. Or at the very least, give it to a streamer that you like, but don't let it go to waste. But give it to me. I want your money. One last, one, one last plug for Straight Shoot. Guys, for Clash at the Castle, the new merch that we have just launched, we're going to be doing 15% off on our new merch store. Santi, I know we saw a couple of people tweet us out and uh, show us how good the merch looks. The new logo is up. It's fire. We got new gear. It gets to you like within a week and a half of ordering. So go check out the new merch. Link is in the description and it's going to be 15% off. There'll be a promo code on next week's podcast video and it'll be from Friday to Monday of Clash. Yes, and if you are watching this podcast on YouTube, thank you very much. Uh, make sure to leave this a like, leave, leave us a comment. Again, all of that helps us with the YouTube algorithm. If you're listening on podcast services around the globe, whether that's at, um, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, what, whatever it may be, check if your platform of choice has the ability to leave us a rating. Like I know Spotify, you can leave a five-star rating. Please do so as it really does help us grow uh, and gain uh, new, new listeners uh, on a week-by-week basis. But but everybody, thank you very much for listening. You guys take care and we'll see you next week.